welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of St. Philip Neri. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who never cease to bestow the glory of holiness on the faithful servants you raise up for yourself, graciously grant that the Holy Spirit may kindle in us that fire with which he wonderfully filled the heart of St. Philip Neri. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. From Miletus, Paul sent for the elders of the church of Ephesus. When they arrived, he addressed these words to them. You know what my way of life has been ever since the first day I set foot among you in Asia, how I have served the Lord in all humility, with all the sorrows and trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. I have not hesitated to do anything that would be helpful for you. I have preached to you and instructed you both in public and in your homes, urging both Jews and Greeks to turn to God and to believe in our Lord Jesus. And now you see me a prisoner already in spirit. I am on my way to Jerusalem, but have no idea what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit, in town after town, has made it clear enough that imprisonment and persecution await me. But life to me is not a thing to waste words on, provided that when I finish my race, I have carried out the mission the Lord Jesus gave me, and that was to bear witness to the good news of God's grace. I now feel sure that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will ever see my face again. And so here and now, I swear that my conscience is clear as far as all of you are concerned. For I have without faltering put before you the whole of God's purpose. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. You pour down, O God, a generous rain. When your people were starved, you gave them new life. It was there that your people found a home, prepared in your goodness, O God, for the poor. 
Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. May the Lord be blessed day after day. He bears our burden, God our Saviour. This God of ours is a God who saves. The Lord our God holds the keys of death. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Alleluia, alleluia. The Father will send you the Holy Spirit, says the Lord, to be with you forever. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you. And through the power over all mankind that you have given him, let him give eternal life to all those you have entrusted to him. And eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth and finished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, it is time for you to glorify me with the glory I had with you before ever the world was. I have made your name known to the men you took from the world to give me. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now at last they know that all you have given me comes indeed from you, for I have given them the teaching you gave to me, and they have truly accepted this, that I came from you, and have believed that it was you who sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and in them I am glorified. I am not in the world any longer, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, over the next three days, we're going to read what's come to be known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. Now, with the exception of a couple of feast days and some Sundays thrown in there, we've been reading fairly consistently from John's Gospel, from Jesus' farewell discourse. Being in the upper room with his disciples, having washed their feet, having fed them, Jesus now gives them this address. But he goes from speaking to the disciples now to praying that Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and then he begins to speak to his father. But I'll grant you, it's not an easy text to understand. So it helps to have a little bit of a framework. And I think here, Pope Benedict can be a really great help to us. In his three-volume series of uh, Jesus of Nazareth, he speaks in the second volume about the high priestly prayer. And he gives a framework to understand this high priestly prayer, which I think is very helpful. So I'll present it to you, and then with this foothold, we'll have a look at some of the text. Now, the thing that Pope Benedict points towards is the Feast of Atonement. Now, the key which Pope Benedict uses to unlock the structure of this high priestly prayer is the Feast of Atonement. This was an annual feast that was celebrated in Israel, And the purpose of the feast, as the name suggests, was to obtain forgiveness for the sins of Israel for that year. 
Now, what the high priest would do is he would first offer sacrifice for himself. And then he would offer sacrifice for his family, for his house, for his clan. In other words, for the priests. Then he would finally offer sacrifice on behalf of all the people of Israel to obtain the forgiveness of their sins. Now, Jesus is going to bring this ritual to its fulfillment and show that the Day of Atonement was actually pointing towards this day and to the reconciliation which Christ will accomplish in himself. So first off, we can see that Jesus makes reference then in this prayer to himself, just as the high priest placed himself in right relationship with God first by offering sacrifice. Now, Jesus shows that he is in right relationship with the Father, speaking of the fulfillment of the Father's plan that Jesus is going to accomplish. Father, the hour has come, says Jesus, glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Next, just as the high priest then offered sacrifice on behalf of his clan, of the other priests, Jesus now prays for his disciples. Jesus says of them that they were yours, Father, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And now I pray for them. And, you know, oddly, he he adds then, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. You can see that Jesus is specifying that second part of this high priestly action of offering sacrifice, the sacrifice of prayer, the sacrifice of praise on behalf of those who belong to him in his priestly clan. Now, spoiler alert, tomorrow, Jesus is going to pray for all of those who hear by means of the words of the disciples. In other words, just as the high priest offered sacrifice, firstly for himself and then for his clan, and lastly for the whole people of Israel, now Jesus is going to pray for the whole people of God, united by the proclamation of the gospel through the apostles. Now, in the ritual celebration of the Day of Atonement, after the high priest had offered these sacrifices, he then went into the Holy of Holies, into the dwelling place of God. And this was the only day when the high priest was allowed into God's holy presence. And there he did something which was only permitted for him to do on this one occasion. He would pronounce the holy name of God. The name that God had revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai in the encounter with the burning bush. The high priest would go into God's presence and there speak his name. All right, now open up a little parenthesis. Where are we in our liturgical year? Jesus has just ascended to the Father. Jesus has just returned into the true holy of holies. He has gone to the presence of God, and there he speaks the divine name. Jesus shows himself to be the true high priest, who obtains for his people the true and lasting atonement, the forgiveness of sins. Now, one last little point. I'm going to rip this off from Pope Benedict again. Jesus brings up this issue about eternal life. Jesus prays to the Father, through the power over all mankind that you have given him. That's, that's, that's Jesus, right? 
Let him give eternal life to all those you have entrusted to him. Pope Benedict makes the observation that, you know, when we tend to hear eternal life, we think, you know, life after death. But this isn't quite what Jesus is referring to. You see, eternal life, God's kind of life, is something that is given to us now. It's something that is poured into us through the Holy Spirit. And so it comes to its full flourishing in the presence of God, but it's something that begins now because we start living this life in Christ already. And then Jesus points out, he says, And eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The dawning of this new life is knowledge of God. Now, this isn't just holding a couple of facts in your head about who God is. Pope Benedict makes the point that knowledge, in the biblical sense, brings about communion, a relationship. So in Genesis 4, we read that Adam knew his wife Eve and that she conceived and bore her son Cain. That this knowledge isn't just a matter of knowing a few things about one another, but knowing one another. And this is what eternal life means. That because of Christ, we now know the Father. We're brought into relationship with the Father. This sits side by side with the atonement, with the forgiveness which the high priest brings about, this new right relationship with God. That's what eternal life is. And that started now. And it comes to its full flourishing in God's holy presence. As we continue to read this high priestly prayer from Jesus over the next coming couple of days, we're going to see what Jesus is accomplishing, that he is going to bring about the true and definitive day of atonement. He is going to reconcile God and man and establish this new Israel as one people, one holy people. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.